0: Welcome to the Contemporary Roofing Podcast, brought to you by Contemporary Roofing, designed today for a better tomorrow. Now, here are your hosts, Dustin and Tyler. Hey, what's going on, guys? We've got our roof installer, Eric, with us. He has about 20 years experience installing roofs. Today, we're going to go over different roof repairs what he's seen improperly installed over the years, shingle manufacturers recommends, all that good stuff. How's it going, everybody? So, we got Tyler on here with us as well. Hey, what's up? So, we'll start by what's the most common repairs that you see?
1: Common repairs out there that we run into the most are usually flashing issues, missing shingles, caulking of exposed nails, stuff that people just generally don't think about. Most people don't get up on the roofs. So they just don't see these things and, and the way they deteriorate over time. And unfortunately, they usually don't find out that anything's going on until they see a leak or a, a missing shingle if they're yes. looking at the roof or whatnot.
0: Yeah, the most common thing I feel like we see for sure would be the chimney flashing and pipe flashing. I yes. feel like that's a very common call. Like you said, the missing shingles after a storm.
1: Those are both common things and also things that inexperienced installers just don't do right. So. A lot of times when you see these issues, it's years down the line and due to improper installation techniques, at the end of the day, you just don't find out about these things unless you're actually looking for them, inspecting for these types of issues.
0: Yep. Another common thing I feel like we see with the plastic turtle vents and stuff like that coming out is critter damage, like Correct. squirrels and stuff like that up there chewing. And obviously a nickel-sized hole on a roof is a lot.
1: Correct. And so even with lead boots, pipe flashing, that's your better route to take. However, for whatever reason, squirrels like to sharpen their teeth on the lead itself. And so even if you go with the best type of flashing, that's not completely foolproof. They're still going to have issues
0: for sure. Next thing let's jump into is how often do you feel that your roof should be inspected?
1: I believe it should be inspected at least once a year. At the same time you do other maintenance, cleaning gutters and once a year is usually pretty good. Just do a nice thorough walk of the roof. And that way you can tell if you've got any soft plywood, you can see any kind of issues with exposed nails. Catch it before the damage actually comes. Correct.
0: Before you start getting the water stains, blowing out ceilings, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's the same thing I recommend. I suggest cleaning your gutters out at least once a year, but really highly suggest twice a year. But every time the gutters are being cleaned out, roof inspection. When we clean gutters out, that's just something we do complimentary is check the roof while we're up there. We might as well. We've already got the ladder out. We're already on the roof. We might as well go over everything while we're there to just alert you if, hey, there's an exposed nail head. There's chimney flashing starting to pull away. Just saying, hey, look for a leak. You might have one soon or it could already be there. Anything else on that that you want to touch base on?
1: No, not really. It's just one of the things that I've always pushed about anything not just exterior related but home related is maintenance 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 so you know if you're maintaining your home you're having it inspected you're doing things that you're supposed to do you're going to extend the longevity of the life of your roof or your, your siding whatever it is that uh, you're maintaining but that's one thing that i always tell all of the, the customers i deal with is you know maintenance is key
0: yeah so. no different than a car I mean, you want your car to last long, you're going to have to maintain it. You don't maintain it. You don't change the oil. Guess what's going to happen?
1: Yep, you inspect (laughs) it once a year, once every other year to make sure that all the safety stuff's up to date and you don't have any issues. Why is it any different with the thing that's protecting your biggest investment? You know, the roof is the thing that protects everything underneath. That should be number one. If you're doing anything with your home regularly on the maintenance end, you should be checking out your roof for sure.
0: Yep. You, your family, your pets, everything lives under that roof, so... The next thing we're gonna jump into, let's talk about shingle manufacturers. Who do you recommend? Who do you not recommend? Who have you had issues with? Who do you think lasts the longest?
1: Owens Corning is always going to be my go-to shingle. I strongly believe that they have the top shingle out there. I'm a huge believer in the sure nail strip. Whenever we do repairs on an OC roof that had been put on, let's say a tree comes down and smashes the roof, and we got to go out there and do a repair. We just absolutely hate doing the repairs because the shingles are just so hard to get up because they adhere so well. Which is a good thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a real good thing if your you know roof is left alone and you're just looking for the longevity of the roof and you really just don't even understand how well these shingles do adhere until you do one of these repairs. It is actually fairly difficult in comparison to other shingles to remove these shingles to do the repair. And so if it's really hard to get off... You know, to do the repair, that means that, that those shingles are on there for good. You know, they're going to say It can stay. I've never had any callbacks, any issues. I've never had to deal with a rep over discoloration. That's one of the reasons why I deal mostly with OC. There are other reps out there, manufacturers out there that just don't back up their product. Mainly the one that I've dealt with is IKO. And so IKO, they just came out and just hit us with a bunch of excuses as to why they weren't going to back up their product. And it was a bunch of nonsense. It was some statements about it being a new construction neighborhood and dirt flying up in the air so these shingles didn't seal properly. And and it was just an excuse, a number of excuses that lasted months. And the homeowner ended up having to come out of pocket because Ikea wasn't going to do anything. Companies like OC, Owens Corning, GAF, they always back their products. They're companies that have been around for a long time and they would much rather see A happy customer and their name being spread around in a positive way. Then lose a few bucks. Yeah, then lose a few bucks. Yeah. That's one of the main reasons for going with the higher-rated manufacturers is they're going to back their products up. And for the folks at home, OC,
0: that's the company with the Pink Panther. Correct. For that everybody knows and loves from. Okay. What's the shingle that you least recommend? We heard what you you recommend to put on your roof.
1: I would say IKO is probably the one I would steer clear of. Yeah,
0: I feel IKO. like Tamco. I feel like Tamco's, we repair a lot of Tamco. Tamco is probably next in line for sure. I don't know why, but it's like every roof we get on that's got shingles blown off. It's yeah. like you pull up and from the ground, you just see the Tamco three tabs sitting up yeah. there. You know what you've got to deal with. They're At least they're yeah. easy to find. The next thing we'll talk about is how do you feel like the quality of materials has changed from the day that you've entered this business to today?
1: So in the last 20 years, basically there's just been a huge push to move everything towards the architectural shingles, dimensional shingles. And basically there's a couple different reasons for that. They're thicker, they're heavier, they don't blow off the roofs. The way they get installed, they don't have all of the areas to catch for wind to catch and rip these things off like a three-tab does. They have a longer life. They have a longer warranty to them. They're a little bit easier to install. So all the way around are just a better way to go. But the main reasons why you want to do the architectural is for the weight of it. So when you get these windstorms that blow through, the architectural shingles just aren't going to rip off the roof like a three-tab does. And so what you end up doing is you end up saving money down the line. All these service calls, you got to pay for somebody to come out and repair a couple shingles here and there, deductibles down the line. You know, it's a lot easier for a three-tab roof to get damaged than it is for an architectural. An architectural roof takes a pretty large piece of hail to damage it to the point of replacement. A three-tab just doesn't.
0: Yeah, you You get get some dime-sized hail out there and it's getting beat up.
1: And In fact, a a number of years ago, the insurance industries were trying to actually phase out three-tabs just because they're sick and tired of paying for roofs because they just don't hold up.
0: You still see brand new houses being built yes, with some Correct, it's
1: builder's grade type product. So it's, it's just but like it's, anything It's, else. it's crazy because it's pennies on the dollar yeah. on the initial installation. I just ran into a roof a couple weeks ago where the, there's still builders out there that don't use felt, and when you're talking about not using that's crazy, felt,
0: that is in the freaking roof, insane. Which that's yeah. always been an industry standard, correct? Felt paper under it. It has. I mean, in been our lifetime, suggest- in our generation. Esteem. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason why I ask is there anything else that you've seen over your 20 years in the industry that's become an industry standard today yeah. that maybe wasn't back? So, then? like
1: the ridge vent systems, definitely is a change in the way that we ventilate roofs which makes a lot of sense because it sits at the very top of the roof you can't get any higher than the ridge of a roof whereas all the rest of the venting
0: the systems, turtle vents and stuff i mean what they're usually like four foot down yeah, so there's
1: some trapped air up there some trapped air and moisture and just that little bit up there will cause your shingles to disintegrate deteriorate a lot of people just think that it's hail and and all the storms that disintegrate roofs but it's A lot of times it's a lack of ventilation. Heat blisters and stuff like that. the roof's way too hot, the attic's way too hot, and you'll take a 30-year shingle, and you'll drive that all the way down to 8 or 10 years.
0: Well, when you think like us in St. Louis, you get these close to zero-degree weather in the winter. I mean, we'll get in the single digits. That's common. In the summer, we'll be upper 90s. And obviously, your roof's hotter than what the actual ambient temperature is outside. Correct. So, your roof's seen 125, 130 degrees, then, you know, in the summer, then going back down to single digits, you know, close to zero degrees in the winter. So, it takes a beating all year round. Yes. It's then been, it's obvious it has to deal with, like, the rainstorms and the windstorms in the spring and then throughout the fall when your trees begin to drop everything. I know it's not a ton, but you get gumballs, you know, stuff like that beating on them. And, you know, they take a beating all year round. So.
1: Another uh, thing that I would say is like uh, ice and water membrane. something else has kind of changed things over the years. It's been out for quite some time. It's just even still, there's a lot of roofers that don't use refuse it, refuse to use it. Yeah. That's what saves your plywood. It's just a backup layer just in case there is some penetration. It's just a backup to shed the water. And a lot of people just don't use it. In fact, there's a lot of uh, insurance companies that you have to argue with them to get them to use it. And it's actually a code in most municipalities, at least around the St. Louis area, anyways. So, ice and water in the valleys. Some areas will call for the perimeter of the roof being done. It's always a good idea. It's not a requirement in all places, but valleys for sure, though. Yeah, but valleys for sure. And there's still knuckleheads out there that'll still put on a roof and just use your typical uh, tar paper and run with it. (laughs) You ever get into a situation where you get up on a roof, whether it's a repair, replacement, whatever, and you think to yourself, hey, doesn't look too bad. And then you go and remove that thing and you're surprised at what you find underneath. Yeah, that happens a lot, especially with plywood. A lot of times you walk a roof and you'll just be expected not to have to replace any plywood. And that's kind of why we tell the customers ahead of time, just count on some sheets because even when you walk them, Sometimes they're deceptive. You'll rip that roof off and you'll see all kinds of rotten wood. And there's just no way to know that till the roof comes off. A lot of times, it's, you know, when you're dealing with any kind of flashing, when you rip the roof off and you start looking around chimneys and stuff like that, you really see where water has managed to penetrate through. The system, and you've got decking issues now. Even though everything looked okay from up top, it still had made its way through. And a lot of times that's kind of what the ice and water membrane kind of works as a backup is is for issues like that. It's kind of just a backup for your common everyday roofing techniques. It's just a backup just in case anything happens to that. So
0: in those problematic areas. Awesome. So let's get to our last question here. And this, I believe, is by far the most important question we have today. How often do you see improperly installed roofs? All the time.
1: (laughs) All the time. I would say at least three or four times a week. Another thing that I, it's not a personal preference of mine to install, I've never installed a roof this way and I don't believe that I ever will. But one of the things I keep coming across, at least in the St. Louis area, is stapled on roofs.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Staples. I've
1: never been able to understand why somebody would staple.
0: A freaking staple holding your shingle on that's going to deal with six feet, bar winds. If they are
1: saving any money by doing that, it can't be more than a couple pennies.
0: I mean, what's a box of nails, honestly? Right, and there's two neighborhoods in particular
1: that I constantly get calls out of, and any time a wind kicks up over, say, 40 miles an hour, there's multiple roofs in this neighborhood, and they're all stapled on roofs. So that's another thing that I keep coming across that, somebody in the area at some point thought, thought it was a good idea <laughs> i'm gonna go
0: with that as an improper installation if you're stapling your shingles on that's an improper installation in my eyes we've seen no felt you know no like felt is definitely proper installation we've seen like gaps seam gaps yeah. between your shingles i don't know why but i don't know if it's just diy or what the deal is but you'll get up there'll it be an eighth or a quarter of an inch of seam gaps and it's like that is enough to have a river running through your house. Well, some, you of that, some of
1: these issues with some of these installation stuff, some of that does tie back into going back to like 01, 2011. These hailstorms come through and you get these out-of-towners come through and these storm chasing companies. And they come through and they sell people roofs and then they just use like the cheapest labor in the world. Well, that's who's going to be not using felt. That's who's going to be stapling on roofs. Yep.
0: Like they say the outside; they look pretty. So they get yep. that in charge, yeah, out. it that insurance check, well,
1: good on and go. You know, yep. And it's really easy to make a roof look pretty from the ground because you're not up there. <laughs> you know, you can scotch tape those shingles up there, nobody would ever know yeah. until the first you know storm came through. But that's kind of how these guys work: is they just get the check and then they blow out of town, change company names, and can't even track them down. And then contractors, your local here, contractors. Like, yeah, yeah, we're the kind of the ones that have to come clean the stuff up. Uh, come behind these guys
0: but. we've had our fair share of that never fun it's always painful for the customer obviously right but it happens and we're here to help when it does happen
1: i always help on uh, the roofing industry if you can change people's views on roofers you know by helping them out rather than being one of these guys that blow through and, and mess people over on money it's i take every opportunity i can to help people out of those situations but it's always rough because they've paid out of pocket and these people are gone and It's just a bad situation all the way around, but it happens.
0: Awesome. Well, that wraps us up for the day, guys. If you feel that you have an improperly installed roof or have some questions about the materials or some type of repair or anything else going on, feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email. Thank you for listening to the Contemporary Roofing Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please let us know in a review. Then don't forget to like,
1: subscribe, and share.